Open your Bibles, um, we'll have it on the screen too, um, to Matthew 22, um, Matthew 22, verse 23. Really uh, weird little interaction here with um, Jesus. And we're on track to finish Matthew this year, so Lord willing... Matthew 22, uh, that same day, some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came up to him and questioned him. So last week, uh, Keith, it was Pharisees that came to him. This time it's Sadducees. They came up and questioned him and said, teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother is to marry his wife and raise up his offspring for his brother. Moses did say that. Let's say there's seven of them, though. The first got... You guys have all seen Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, right? There's just seven brothers here, only one bride. The first got married and died having an offspring. He left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and the third and so on to all seven. Last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection then, whose whose wife will she be of the seven? For they had all married her. And Jesus answered them, You are mistaken because you don't know the scriptures or the power of of God, for in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Whatever that means. Now, concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God in Exodus? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Therefore, He is not the God of the dead, but He is the God of the living. And when the crowds heard this, they were astonished at His teaching. This is God's word, okay? And so this might seem weird or complicated, but we can sum it up really quickly. One, Jesus is saying, the Sadducees, you're wrong, okay? There is a resurrection of the dead. The the Torah, the first five books of the Tanakh, they actually teach that there is a resurrection of the dead. So you get that. We're good today. And second, because of their nearsightedness and their hopes set Only on this age, the Sadducees will not inherit the resurrection, okay? The resurrection is real. The age to come is real. You guys aren't going to inherit it, okay? Got that? If you get that and I confuse you later, just come back to that, okay? All right, cool. So let's let's do it. Verse 23, who are these guys that same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came up to him, okay? So who, what are Sadducees? Uh, from the New Testament and from Josephus's, Josephus's writing, uh, the Sadducees are a group of Jews who, one, they generally only count Genesis through Deuteronomy. Okay, the first five, they say these are God's words, and then the rest of the scripture is marginal. Okay, like maybe not God's word, but this is God's word. Second, they don't believe in life after death. Okay, whether that's like the Greek version of floaty on a cloud with a harp, they don't believe in that. And they don't believe in the Hebrew version of life after death, raised bodies on a renewed heaven and earth. Therefore, Sadducees only hope for reward or punishment is now in this age. Right. Because nothing happens at the end of the age. It's just it. Okay. And then third for bonus, they don't believe in um, angels. Compare that to the Pharisees from from last week. They believe the entire Old Testament, the entire Tanakh. That's the word of God, right? Genesis to um, Second Chronicles or Genesis to Malachi and um, our Bibles. 
Pharisees do believe in bodily resurrection and they for, therefore place reward and they place punishment in the afterlife, right? In, in the age to come, uh, though generally they're hypocrites about this, right? Jesus' whole deal with the Pharisees is you guys say you live for the age to come, but you're just living for this age. And they do believe in angels, okay? So Pharisees, no life after death, no scriptures outside of the first five. Um, and so Jesus would be considered a Pharisee, right? He believes the whole thing. Have you not read? He believes in life after death, and he obviously believes in angels. And Paul, Paul flat out says, yeah, I'm a Pharisee, right? Because I've got this worldview, and the Sadducees have um, this one. So last week, Pharisees questioned Jesus. Today, it's the Sadducees, and it's an insincere question. They're, they're trying to make Jesus' belief in the age to come look silly, right? This is a gotcha thing. So they say, verse 24, teacher, Moses said... In Deuteronomy, in a book that we believe in, right? Moses said, if a man dies having no children, da, 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 in the resurrection, which they don't believe in because they don't think those first five teach it, in the resurrection, wink, then whose wife will she be of the seven? For they've all married her. And so they say, gotcha, Jesus, right? You and the Pharisees, your belief in the resurrection of, of the dead, it's incompatible with what Moses taught. We're right. You're wrong. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's the whole um, bit. And they know that Jesus believes in the resurrection. They know he believes in, in future judgment because that's, in my understanding, that's all Jesus talks about. Every sermon, every saying, he's pointing people to um, the age to come. So the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, we did it a couple um, years ago, those who mourn now will be comforted then, right? Th those who are humble now will meek now will inherit the earth. Then those who make peace now will be called sons of God, which is an important phrase we're going to look at um, in a second. Then, right? Jesus, Jesus uh, uh, determines behavior now because of how things will be then Matthew 19, another resurrection passage from Jesus. Truly, I tell you, in the renewal of all things, in the restoration and the resurrection of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me, talking to his uh, apostles, you will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who's left everything to follow me will receive a hundred times more and will inherit what? Eternal life. Okay, so Jesus, all in on the resurrection of the dead, all in on the age to come. Pharisees, Sadducees are not. And so Jesus responds to their insincere question about this seven times married woman uh, by saying, The reason you guys don't believe in the resurrection, verse 29, the reason you don't believe it is because you don't know the scriptures, which is an insulting thing to say to a Sadducee. Like we just we can cite Moses to you, man. We're Sadducees. We know the scriptures. And so Jesus cites Moses back to them. All right. So it's Bible be with Jesus. And when they do this, they always lose. OK, Jesus has the most Bible B prizes of any kid to ever, ever live. He wrote the thing. Right. So. He, all right. So he cites Moses back to them. Verse 31. He says, now concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read don't you guys know your Bibles, Sadducees, what was spoken to you by God? And then Jesus is going to quote from Exodus. Now, do Sadducees believe in Exodus? Yeah, okay, so he's, he's playing on their, their turf here. He quotes Exodus 3.6, Moses appears to God in a burning bush. You guys have all seen the animated Prince of Egypt, right? 
This is the greatest animated scene in the history of animation. There's never been a better. No one's ever drawn anything as wonderful as Moses. Um, go home and watch it and weep in glory. Okay. He quotes it to him. And, and he, Jesus doesn't quote like Daniel 12 two, right? Daniel 12 two, the resurrection of the dead. Really clear. Ezekiel 36. We read in George's class today. Really clear resurrection of the dead. He doesn't quote those to the Sadducees because they don't believe those things. He's. He's going to do Exodus because they do. And then Exodus, God says, verse 32, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And then, Je- right, that's what he says. And then Jesus says, he's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. So let's just follow uh, Jesus' logic here. Yahweh is the God of the patriarchs. We all agree. The Sadducees agree. Yes, God of the patriarchs. Yahweh made everlasting promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Everyone agrees with that, right? He's fighting with, so like Genesis 17, here's my covenant with you to you and your future offspring, Abraham. I will give the land where you are residing, all the land of Canaan as a permanent possession, and I will be their God. So he's the God of the patriarchs. He's made everlasting promises to them, but they died. So without inheriting the promises, okay? Do you see the problem there? God of the patriarchs, everlasting promises, They died before inheriting them. That's a problem because in that story, God's unfaithful. God made promises and didn't follow through. So Acts 7, uh, Stephen is is preaching and he says about Abraham, God gave him this promise, but he didn't give him an inheritance in the land. Not even a foot of ground. So you're Abraham. (laughs) The Lord Lord comes to you and says, Abraham, through you, I'm going to bless all the nations, you got to leave your family, you got to leave everything, go to the land I'm showing you, and you live your entire life believing and trusting in this God who appeared to you, and then you die without inheriting any of that. It's kind of a bummer, right? Like if you're Abraham, kind of a bummer. Uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen. These all died, Abraham and, and the rest, they all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised. So there's a hitch in the story here. We've got a God of these guys made promises to them, but they all died. They didn't receive the promises. So and and Jesus says he's the God of the living. So just follow Jesus logic here with me. He says, look, if you guys believe the scriptures and if you uh, believed in the power of God, right, if you really believe Genesis through Deuteronomy and you really believe in the power of God, then you have to believe in the resurrection of the dead. Because the only way that God can be shown as faithful to his promises is for Abraham and his descendants to inherit the land forever. And Abraham can't inherit the land forever unless what? Unless Abraham is raised from the dead, right? Abraham's inheritance is not in the heavens, guys. Abraham's inheritance is on a map. You can go there and walk around in it. That's Abraham's inheritance. That's what's been promised to him. He can't get it unless he is the God of the living and raises him from the dead. Therefore, at the last day, God must raise him up. But you guys don't know the scriptures or the power of God or you would have gotten that. Right? Like, it's just you guys don't know your Bibles. Right. You, like, like he, this is what he's doing. He's the God of the living. OK, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they have to live again. They have an inheritance they have not yet received. They have promises from God that have not yet been fulfilled. They have a a, a reserved seat 
at the messianic table and banquet, like with their name on it, like their phone, your buzzer is going to go, your seat is ready. And they have to go there and sit down. They're not, none of that's happening for them yet. Therefore, he's the God of the living, right? Abraham, Isaac, and, and, and Jacob. And, and so it's, it's just a really simple interaction here. Like Jesus is not being tricky or complicated with them. They come to Jesus with their hearts callous to God's power. And they come with their mind and eyes blinded to God's word. And Jesus just says, well, let's do Bible study. And, and you guys are being incoherent, not me and the Pharisees. We're all in on this, right? And in and, and Luke's account of this, which we're going to look at um, in a second. So last week, the Pharisees bumped up with him right here. It's the Sadducees. So there's Pharisees still kind of hanging around this interaction, kind of listening in. Like, he kicked our tails. Let's see what he does to that. To the Sadducees, and in Luke's account, uh, the Pharisees at the end of it basically go, Yeah, let them know, Jesus! Like, enemy of my enemy is my friend, kind of deal. Okay, so simple. We have to be raised from the dead. Abraham has to be raised from the dead for God to be faithful. If Abe's not raised, God's not faithful. God's a liar. And then we've got all kinds of other problems downstream from, from that. He's the God of the living, okay? So you ready to do the weird marriage thing? Verse 29, Jesus answered them, you're mistaken, you don't know the scriptures of the power of God, or you would get this. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Okay, how many of you have read this passage before and been like, hmm? No one? Everyone reads it and is just like, sweet? No? Yeah, it's like, I hate this verse. So the, the traditional interpretation uh, of this is that Jesus is just dismissing their question about whose wife will she be by saying she won't be anybody's wife, dummies. There's no marriage in the age to come, right? So I've read it my entire life, okay? And if that's the case, fine, right? If, if Jesus says something about the resurrection that I don't like, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'll, I'll get over it. Right. I'll get with him. I, I trust him with the next five minutes. I trust him with the next five million years. If there's if the age to come and the resurrection is marriageless, uh, it, it's fine. It'll be more than OK. However, God, God, be honest. If that's what Jesus is saying. This is one of my least favorite verses in the Bible. I don't like it. I read it. And I'm like, oh, that stinks. OK, why? I love Sierra. OK, yeah, my very pregnant wife. Okay, and, and I want us to be married forever. I don't want to be raised from the dead and like, you know, be walking down the street and like, what's up, you know? Uh, and that's it, like, fist bump, you know, like, I, I want us to be married um, forever. And so, that it, one, it's my least favorite. Two, it's confusing to me, okay? It might not be confusing to you. It's confusing to me. And the reason it's confusing to me is because my end game, my, my eschatology is based on my beginning, Okay. And in the beginning, God makes the heavens and the earth, and he makes the image of God, which is what? Man and woman. And God marries them. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and cling to his wife. And this all happens before sin enters in. Before death enters in, we've got marriage. And God looks at it and says, very good. I like this. Angels, what do you guys think? Great, right? Very good. And then then sin comes in. But before that... We got Eden, we got marriage, we got, we got God dwelling with man. I would be their people, he would be my God. And then in the end, what do we got? We got a re-Eden. We got God dwelling with 
man, we've got no more sin, no more death. So I generally interpret most of the scriptures like, okay, here's my good beginning. Here's my good end. And these things match and complement each other and, and um, are, are wonderful. Okay, so it seems strange to me. That I've got this vision of, of the end that's glorious and remade Eden and all this stuff. It seems strange that Jesus would just undo this very good thing of creation in one sentence in the whole Bible by just saying, yeah, marriage not a thing then. If he, and again, if he's saying that, it, it's fine. But it, I, Okay, so here's my thing today. I don't think Jesus is actually talking about marriage at all. I don't think that's what's happening here. I think Jesus is saying, you guys are wrong. There is a resurrection unto eternal life. And I think he's saying, you guys won't inherit it because you're not living for it. Okay? Um, you're, not, you're not worthy of it, to use the language he'll use in a second. And, and I don't, the reason I think this is because I don't think Jesus is talking about marriage at all. The reason I think that is because of how Jesus uses this phrase in the two other places it's used. Okay? So if you think I'm crazy, uh, just throw everything I'm about to say away and, and remember the stuff at the start. Okay? All right. So where else does Jesus say marry and given in marriage? Where else do we get this phrase? Uh, twice. Luke 17 and Luke 20. Okay? In Luke 17, Jesus is describing the time leading up to the days of the Son of Man. It'll be like lightning from the east to the west uh, in that day and, and the kingdom and Jesus returning, all the stuff. So Luke 17, Jesus says... Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man, right? And the, son, the story of the Son of Man in, in Jewish scripture, in New Testament, the Son of Man returns and the dead are raised, right? The, the resurrection, the, the age to come, all the stuff. So it will be in those days. So what was it like in Noah's day? Verse 27. Well, people went on eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage. Until the day Noah boarded the ark and then the flood came and destroyed them all. Okay? Alright. So, is the point of Jesus marrying, giving in marriage, buying, planting, all this stuff. Is, is the point of that to, is Jesus really concerned that they know, by the way, people ate food. And people drank drinks. And people had weddings. Is that the point? No, it's just a phrase that means people were living their lives, right? Doing things that, that you do, even though Noah is going, a flood's coming! And they're just like, cool, and just going on with their life. Right, this is what he's doing. The point is, Noah is sounding the alarm of coming judgment, and the people just kept doing the same old thing, living life like it's, it's normal. Verse 28, he keeps going, it will be the same as it was in the days of Lot. Well, what were the days of Lot like? Let's look. People went on eating, drinking, buying, planting, selling, building, marrying, being given in marriage, right? Just people went on doing their... Now, is, and there's nothing wrong with that. Buy, is buying bad? Planting bad? Is selling bad? No, no, it's just normal life, right? It's just even though there's judgment coming on Sodom very quickly, right? Fire from, from the heavens, okay? So... Jesus is saying, in the days of Lot, people just kept living like normal. Buying, planning, eating, drinking, marrying, being married, all, all this stuff. Verse 29, but on the day that Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be like that on the day the Son of Man is revealed, okay? So we've got the phrase in, in, in Luke 17, and it's not to talk about marriage. 
It's just to say this is how people just kept living the way that they, they live. It's, it's just describing aimless living, waking, sleeping, working, etc. Living for now with no eye on, on the future. Okay, so that's Luke 17. Luke 20, I just think it's super clear here. In the resurrection, so this is Luke's account of the same seven married women. In the resurrection, which the Sadducees aren't living for, because they don't believe in it. They just live for now. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will she be? And Jesus told them, listen to this, the children, the sons of this age, those who live for now, right? Those, those who set their hopes on now, those who don't live for the future, the sons of this age, they marry and are given in marriage. Okay? Sons of this age. But those who are counted worthy to take part in that age and counted worthy to take part in the resurrection of the dead, they don't marry or are given in marriage. Okay, so if we take the phrase literally, marry and given in marriage, then uh, if you're married, raise your hand. Yeah, none of you are worthy of the age to come. That's what he said, right? The sons of this age, they marry and give in marriage. But those that are counted worthy of that age, worthy of the resurrection, they'll be called sons of God, children of God. They don't marry and give in marriage. So all you single people, you're worthy of the age to come. All us married people, right? If you just read it literally, am I making any sense at all? Does this make sense? Okay, so Jesus can't be talking about that. He can't be saying, yeah, you married people who marry and give in marriage, you're not worthy of the age to come. But... If marry and given in marriage is just a phrase for living for now, living like normal, sleeping, working, buying, planting, selling, all the stuff without thinking about the future, without setting your hope on the coming age, then this makes sense, right? You guys don't believe in the future, Sadducees. You're just carrying on for now, eating, drinking, living, all, all the stuff for now. Um, and so you're not worthy. You're not called a son of the resurrection. It's children of the age to come. But those who do believe in the resurrection, those counted worthy of the resurrection, they live for it. They give themselves to it. OK, and this comes out in the, the children language. So verse 36 in Luke 20, they can no longer die because they're like angels and children of children of God, since they are children of the resurrection. They're children of that age. Okay? They're not marrying and giving in marriage and giving themselves to just all the stuff in this age. They're focused on that one. They're living for it. Okay, So children of the resurrection inherit the resurrection. Matthew 5. I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The only people who, who do that are people who have a, a future end game in mind. If all you have is this age, you're not going to pray for those who persecute you. You're going to get them, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna forgive those who who um, hate you unless unless you believe in a future judgment, right? This is what Roman, Romans twelve. Look, look, leave vengeance to God; He'll deal with it when at the day, right? And that means you believe in. Okay, so you believe in the day. Um, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Verse forty five. So that you may be what children of your Father. In the heavens, okay? So that's that's Jesus. Children, people who live for this age of the resurrection. Uh, I think Paul picks this up. Um, Romans 8. Children worthy of the resurrection are those who live for the age to come. So Romans 8, 12. Uh, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die, right? If you live for now according to your, your sinful desires and sinful flesh, 
Will you inherit the resurrection of the dead? No, right? Well, you'd be raised, but, but cast into um, hell. If, if, if you live for the sinful flesh now, you die. But if by the Spirit you put to, deed, to death the deeds of the body, you will live, right? You will be raised. You will inherit eternal life. Verse 14, for all those who are led by God's Spirit, those, those who live according to the, the coming age, they are God's sons, right? Building on it. Verse 17, and if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with the Messiah, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified, also be resurrected with him. Verse 19, for the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for what? For God's sons to be revealed. And when are God's sons revealed? At the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Okay? Doesn't Romans 8 sound like Luke 20? Those who are counted worthy of the age to come, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they can no longer die, but they're like angels, children of God, children of the resurrection, right? So just a real simple um, formula I'm working with. Those who live for this age, buy, plant, sell, marry, give in marriage, do all the stuff, live like there's no future, that leads to death. But those who live for that age... Jesus uses the phrase, don't marry, don't give in marriage, don't focus on all the things of now. They're counted worthy. They're called sons of the resurrection. And then um, last one, 1 Corinthians 7. Paul takes all these ideas and, and I think throws them together. Here's my point, brothers. The end of the age is very near. As in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, judgment coming. The end of the age is very near. From now on... Those who have wives should have far weightier things than marriage on their minds. Okay? Those who weep and those who rejoice shouldn't get too caught up in weeping and rejoicing. Those who buy something should hold it lightly. Those who avail themselves of the things of the world should do so sparingly. Why? Because the world in its present form is destined to pass away, right? This age, destined to pass away. So why, right? This is, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Why would you store up treasures for here and now where moth and rust can destroy? No, I tell you, lay up treasures in heaven, right? So at the day of the Lord, the heavens open, God bring, right? Like the whole, the whole bit here. This present age destined to pass away. So hold everything in this age lightly. Don't, don't get totally consumed with it. Verse 32, I, I don't want you to be preoccupied with the affairs of this age. An unmarried man is able to give his full attention to the Lord's affairs, how he can serve the Lord. Verse 33, a married man, though, is preoccupied with the affairs of the world, right? Marrying, giving in marriage, buying, planting, selling, all this stuff, how he can please his wife. And he's pulled in two directions. Again, Sermon on the Mount, you need a single eye. If the eye is bad, the whole body is bad. You need an eye set and fixed on that age, not pulled in... in two directions right so the sons of that age jesus says in luke don't marry and give in marriage they don't give themselves totally to buying selling planting all the stuff they don't have the things of this age just dominating their minds they're they're set and and fixed on the age to come okay on the resurrection they live they live for it um uh You guys have, have all, all been there. You're, 
just because this is how humans are, right? Your, your life gets dominated by all the little stuff. Um, and you know how you fix that and you're not dominated by just all the stuff that, that goes on in this age? A real sobriety about the future, okay? Real, and and um, so this um, happened to me this, this, I have some time. This happened to me um, this week. So um, my aunt Lynn... Um, she passed away on uh, Monday. Lynn uh, was my Sunday school teacher. Like, I wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for uh, Lynn and her husband, Ken, and uh, Jackson, and another, another fella. Anyway, I went to bed. Was that Monday night? Okay. So I went to bed Monday night, and I had, uh, I used Google Tasks on, on my phone to get make sure I get all my stuff done. And I had like 20 things on there. And I was like going to bed that night, and I'm like really worried and really thinking about, okay, I gotta get this done, this done, this done. This happens here, then I need to do this this way. I gotta do it. just totally, you know what I'm not thinking about? Not thinking about the age to come, not thinking about the resurrection. I'm not living, thinking soberly about the day of the Lord. I'm thinking about all the things in this age, which aren't bad, right? Buying, not bad. Selling, not bad. Planting, not bad, right? Harvesting, not bad. All these things are. But they're this age stuff, okay? So that's what I go to bed with. Just da, 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 all this you know, baby appointments, all, all, all this stuff. You guys with multiple children, God bless you. Mine's, mine's in a cocoon now, and I'm like, okay, I gotta get this done. All this stuff. Uh, so uh, wake up Tuesday morning, and, and uh, we have our, our we, they let us know about Lynn, and uh, you know where all the little stuff went. Just like, and all that mattered, all I could think about was, man, life and death is real. All I want to do now is love God, right? Love my wife, love my family, love my church. Sobriety about the future, right? Good good and bad, like, like Lynn's fine now, Amen. right? Yeah, she's fine. And at the day of the Lord, she's going to be raised from the dead. And like, but it just it, thinking about eternal things and things that matter and things that last, they just took all this other little stuff and, and just put it in its rightful place. Okay? Right? The, the sons of this age, those who just think about, they marry and get married. They give themselves all this stuff. But those that are counted worthy of that age, they don't marry. They don't give themselves to buying things, selling all the stuff, but they are called children of God, children of the resurrection, because they're living for it. They're, they're thinking um, about it. So Paul uh, finishes here, and then he, he says the same thing to men as he says to um, the women. Women, you'd be better off if you were single too, because you, you know all the stuff. Verse thirty-five. As to these things, all this stuff, Paul says. I'm saying them to encourage appropriate conduct and undivided attention to the Lord. I'm telling you to, to, to think about the resurrection. Think about the day of the Lord. Give yourself to these things because it's going to provoke undivided attention to the Lord in your heart. Okay? So, uh, long story short, I don't think Jesus is giving a verdict on marriage in the resurrection. Okay? I, I just don't think that's what he's talking about. Will there? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't I, Again, I hope there is. You know, I hope you hope there is. 
you know, and, and, and those, those that have uh, lost people and, and married again and all this, like, I don't know how all that, that works out. I could be totally crazy. I just don't think that's even what Jesus is talking about. I think Jesus is rebuking these Sadducees for their lack of belief in the resurrection and their lack of living for that age. Because their whole worldview is now, 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 now. Okay? To inherit the resurrection then, we live for the resurrection now. That's, that's the point. Matthew 19 again. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. Everyone who leaves all, puts all the stuff where it belongs, okay, and, and prioritizes what matters. Everyone who lives that way will receive eternal life. Luke 20, those who are counted worthy to take part in that age and in the resurrection of the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage. They don't give themselves totally to those things. So here's what I want to say just as a a preaching point. He is the God of the living. Okay, (laughs) He uh, he will keep his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which means he will raise the dead. Okay? Like, this is the point. This is what you need to be encouraged in, is the dead will be raised. But... The resurrection of the dead plays out differently for different people, okay? For those who put their trust in Jesus' work, okay? For those who are daily repenting of their sins, trusting in his cross for forgiveness and his resurrection as a guarantee of their resurrection, and then live for it, okay? Those who live for it, those who don't, like, I walked an aisle at VBS, I sang the songs, I said the stuff, my name's on a church roll somewhere, and don't live for it will not inherit eternal life, Okay? You have to live for it. This is the issue with the Pharisees. This is the issue with the Sadducees. This is the issue with us. We can say all the right stuff, have all the right lingo, have, you know, have our name on a roll somewhere. But if we are not living for the age to come, we will not inherit the age to come. Okay? We can't, you know, I, the Matthew 13 parable of, of the soils, man, the one that gets uh, scattered and, and the thorns choke it out. What does Jesus call the thorns? The cares of this age. The, the, the cares of this life. If we live for that age, put the cares of this life where they belong. They're important. They matter. Like the, They're not bad. But we put them where they belong. We will be rewarded with life. And those who share, uh, those with faith will share the reward of the man of faith, Abraham. Okay? But for those who, who don't, for those who don't trust in Jesus' work, those who don't repent of their sins, those who just give themselves totally to living for this age, laying up treasures in this age, getting bogged down with the cares of this age, they will be raised from the dead too, right? Everybody gets raised, but they'll be punished with death in a lake of fire. So my plea to you, my encouragement to our church members, encouragement to our Christians is, hey, stay on the path. Okay, he's faithful. He's going to finish this thing. He knows what he's doing. But to those who, who are not living for the age to come, those who are not trusting in, in Jesus, today repent. Turn. Trust in the work of God. Believe the scriptures and believe in the power of God. Don't leave here today with the mindset or the lifestyle of the Pharisees. Okay, Believe in the scriptures. Believe in the power of God. And live for the resurrection. And if you have questions about, okay, well, I I, want to do that. Something's happening in my heart today. I want to do that. I don't know how. Talk to a member of my church. 
They can tell you what it looks like to put your trust in Jesus, to follow him and stay on the path, okay? They can absolutely do that. You can talk to me or any of our other elders, but please do not leave here today on the fence about Jesus, on the fence about uh, eternity and how things work out in the future. That would be foolish of you. Please don't do that, okay? But as for me and my house, our house here, uh, we'll serve the Lord. We'll live for the age to come. If I have the musicians come, we will... um...